When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless. Welcome to the State of the Union podcast. We look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue colored glasses. This is a special live pod as we react to the just completed Grenada versus uh, USA Nations League game, which ended... uh, I lost track. What are we at? Uh, Grena one and U.S. Yeah, around seven. Let's ballpark it at around seven. Um, obviously, a easy night for the uh, the U.S. And you know, you don't want to put too much stock in a game like this. But you know, this is the first competitive game that we have seen this team play since the uh, World Cup in Qatar. And uh, for the most part, it was uh, some of the usual suspects and some new things, plenty of things to talk about. If you do want to uh, talk, please just uh, raise your hand there and we'll do this one at a time. We'll be civil and orderly and respectful in the way that we uh, do it. But um, you can talk about this game, uh, your reactions. You can talk about bigger picture stuff when it comes to the team or soccer or life or anything else out there. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have some fun here. And who knows, maybe we'll solve, solve the problems of the world when it comes to uh, either this team or other problems uh, out there. If you do uh, raise your hand, a little blue light shows up that says you're requesting to uh, speak. I will bring you up. As I said before, please try to be um, interesting and entertaining and uh, efficient with your questions so we can get as many people in as possible. Uh, overall thoughts before I start bringing people in here. Look, this is, it's better to win than lose in my expert opinion. And we are in this kind of stasis position and mode when it comes to the U.S. men's national team without any real leadership. Um, and, you know, that's that's no fault of the players and it's no fault of the current interim coach in Anthony Hudson. And they're going about their job. And certainly this is a nice results to have. And it also means that in this next game against El Salvador in the Nations League, if the U.S. just gets a point, they uh, continue on through. And that is good because that leads to bigger and better games. And obviously games against uh, better competition is good. Uh, But, you know, as I said on Twitter a little while ago, it's hard to glean any real information um, and assessment of either individual players or the team. But it won't stop us from trying. Uh, starting 11 tonight was uh, Matt Turner in goal, a back four of Scally and Trusty and McKenzie and uh, Reynolds, uh, a midfield of De La Torre and McKinney and Gio Reyna in front of them. Out wide on left, uh, on the left was Pulisic, out wide on the right was Aronson, and up top was Pepe. Uh, I think the if there needs to be a star of the night, 
it was Pulisic uh, from start to when he did finish and he came off in the second half. But he was involved in pretty much every goal up until he left the field. And whether it was putting balls in the box, dangerous balls in the box, or taking players on basically from the first whistle, there was nothing that they had uh, at their disposal to even come close to slowing him down. He was having his way out there on that left-hand side. It was wonderful in terms of how committed he was, but also how, speaking of efficiency, how efficient he was in taking players on and beating them one-on-one and creating uh uh, you know, creating opportunities for himself and uh, and for others. Um, while Matt Turner did not do a whole lot in this game, you know, sometimes the most difficult thing for a goalkeeper to do is to save that one shot as opposed to being peppered. And he certainly wasn't peppered and let in the goal. And I don't think there was anything that he could do necessarily on the goal, but he had a wonderful save early on in the game that was headed for the far post. And so he, it was nice of him to look up from his game of solitaire that he seemed to be playing back there and make a fingertip save. And so that would be his big shining moment. And I don't think that he did anything today to change anybody's mind as to who the uh, starter is uh, going forward. A um, lot made out of the uh, fact that this was the first time since, uh, let's see, the England game in the World Cup. And even that was uh, a uh, an anomaly where no MLS players were actually starting. Now, it doesn't mean that there's no MLS uh, connections. As a matter of fact, most of the players in this game have MLS connections, some direct, some indirect. And so MLS was all over this. And I know, I know people out there, especially when it comes to Twitter, will have to you know, tell me, hey, well, you know, what, do you, what do you think of that? Or, hey, did you see this? Or this is why they won. Um, I saw 11 Americans out there. Uh, and where they play ultimately is irrelevant to me. Do I take pride when players from uh, the domestic league that I know and love are on the field? Yes, but I also take pride ultimately in a good performance. And this was a good performance, and I think that's how it has to be uh, framed. Was it a great performance? I mean, by some, I guess, but I think Christian Pulisic, for example, would be the first person to tell you that (laughs) this is not necessarily a team that you gauge yourself against if you want to become elite, both as individual players and ultimately as a team, which is the goal, uh, I think. No, I don't think. I I think it is. All right, let's uh, bring some people in here and uh, see what they uh, have to say about this. Let's go to the Rally Mullet. Haven't spoken to him in a while. Rally, you are on the State of the Union pod here. Speak now or forever hold your peace. How are you? Hello. I hear you. You you sound crystal clear. What's going on? Good. How are you, Alexi? I am good. I am good on this Friday night. I am. Uh, I, I should have brought in a little little wine. I wanted to get a little uh, little wine because I've I've weaned myself off of all of my medications. For those that uh, that don't know, uh, a little ten days or so ago, I got a a knee replacement, and uh, I am now half uh, man, half machine. The good part is the uh, the man part, but I am uh, full of titanium right now. But I've weaned myself off the meds, and so from a alcohol intake intake perspective i can have a, a drink now and then how you doing good good I, I, I forgive me i should have said how are you doing metal god uh, there we go exactly yes i am a metal god i am the iron man whatever it is i'm feeling good actually it's uh it's not it's not pain it's just much more soreness so i appreciate that thanks so what'd you think of the game well um i wanted to give my grades for the game uh i wanted to give usa a a okay. just for the they didn't mess around type of game where they with an inferior opponent type mm-hmm. thing they went out after them three minutes in you got a peppy goal 
uh, five minutes later. I mean, if you look the the wrong direction, you miss the goal in this yep. game type of thing. Yep. Um, so I don't know who to give credit to the coaching, to the, to the assistant coaching, to the players, the A2, but I'll just give an A. Um, to uh, Granada, or Grenada, however you pronounce it, um, I would give a D plus. Um, <laughs> some of the, well, they, they almost came back and scored a goal right after, well, I think it was 2-0. Right. Well, I'm just and confused as to when somebody gets a D at some point, like what's the difference between a D and a D plus? My parents, if I came home with a D plus relative <laughs> to a D, it wouldn't have mattered. Either way, I was in trouble, right? I, I was happy with a D plus. I would say I was not happy with a D. Then maybe that's okay. that's just me. But um and then I give an A to Senegal's jerseys. I think they totally uh uh, as far as the jerseys comparison, beat the USA and jerseys comparison. I love their socks. I think I don't know why we can't just do something like something like that where it looks good. Uh, as far as jerseys is concerned, at least this this reiteration of the USA jersey. Okay. Um, and then as far as the game's concerned, I think there was just way too many fouls on Pulley. Uh, guys were grabbing a jersey to to pushing him to pushing him after they pushed him and looking at him uh, a few times. And he was looking back, you know, I'm glad they subbed him off when they did. Um, what else? I think the field, I wanted to ask you about this. When a field that has a track around mm -hmm. it and it does not have the sloped uh, to the end lines sloping down, how does that, um, how does that make the ball move? How how does that? Yeah, I don't think the, I don't think the, the the track necessarily changes the movement of the ball. I think it's much more the experience and the environment that that is created with the track. And and obviously, I think you can see that the further away the people are, and there was a there was a couple of shots there where you would see a goal kick or something, and the people were way back, and even and the people in like the yeah. front row behind the goal, I don't think they saw anything because there was athletic, you know, <laughs> tracks and field stuff going on there. So yeah. So it was not a, a imposing environment to begin with, and even less so when there is a, a track and field. As far as the, the actual field and the slope, I don't think that changes a whole lot. It wasn't a great field, but I think all of these players, whether they're new to the team or not, many of them have played at the youth level uh, at different times in CONCACAF. So they will be used to or they will have been prepared to deal with the fact that things that they can do on some of the great fields and some of the great leagues that they are playing at you can't do that. And that's what was so impressive, I think, for someone like Christian Pulisic. A couple of things. One, that he was able to do it on this field on a consistent basis. And it just shows you what, what a great touch and feel for the ball that he has and his technical ability. Uh, but then, you know, you mentioned him getting taken down and the yeah. hack, you know, <laughs> hack a pulley, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, <laughs> but it, it seemed to fuel him. I don't think he got frustrated by it. As a matter of fact, there was a couple of times where he recognized that he was going to have a day and be able to do basically whatever he wanted unless he got taken down, that he was putting the ball around people and putting the ball through people's legs and taking two and three players on. And it, I didn't see him get frustrated or angry. And thankfully, knock on wood, he didn't get hurt. But I liked that almost, dare I say it, a, a, a maturity in this moment when he very easily could have just kind of, you know, rolled his eyes and said, this is ridiculous. Why am I, why am I doing, uh, why am I doing this? There was none of that. I like that. Maybe that is, you know, just the fact that he's, he's getting, he's getting older. What did you think of, uh, you know, Gio Reyna from a soccer perspective uh, out there getting a start? 
and obviously getting a start in a, in a number 10 position, which a lot of people actually called for during the World Cup? Um, a couple of things. One, I was at work watching the game, okay. uh, which, by the way, I have to send you wanted to send you a hat, but I don't know where to send my hat to that from the business I own. I own a, a pizza shop and I wanted to send you a hat because I know you say you like to, for people to send yeah. stuff. All right, you send me your send me your. Right, I'll, 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 uh, I'll direct uh, message you, and we'll uh, we'll figure we'll figure that out. All okay. right, my friend. Uh, anything else before we go? But, Good. Well, well, the Geo thing. I thought, you know, whenever he was on the ball, whenever, um, <laughs> again, the 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 matchups between the the matchups between him and whoever was defending him, he was superior. To whoever was against him, one on one, he he scored a couple goals, right? He scored at least. Did I, did I miss a goal? Uh, no, we had Pulisic, Pulisic, uh, Pulisic to McKenney, Pulisic to Aronson, uh, uh, Pulisic cross to Pepe in the beginning. One, uh, another uh, Pulisic to McKenney, um, Pulisic from De La Torre, yes. Pepe from De La Torre, and Dejas from a shot outside. So I think that's I think I've covered it uh, there. The Reina did not. Yeah, I mean it was it was a it was a quiet night for him. And I think he, unlike maybe Pulisic just, you know, said, this is not, this is not going to be a, a, a fun game necessarily. Now I will say this, you know, he does get kind of a bad rap at time from people when it comes to um, body language. I know a lot of people like to use this term body language and I've, I've given up trying to figure out or read into his or anybody else's, because if you just read into it, he always kind of plays with a slouch and a scowl. And, you know, given, you know, the history and, and, and who, and the type of player he is, that can be, you know, that can exaggerate problems that may not even be there to, uh, to begin with. And so I, I, I don't worry about his body language. I just worry about whether he is going to play well or not. And in a game tonight where he should have, been thriving and having plenty of the ball and doing what Christian Pulisic was doing. Um, uh-huh. He wasn't, he wasn't quite doing that. Now, does that mean that he can't do it? No, I, I do think he tends to find a way to, uh, to rise to the occasion. And let's be honest. Um, I'm, I'm not excusing it um, or, uh, or using it as something where, it, where he, he deserves necessarily sympathy, but it's been a hell of a couple of months for the kid. <laughs> so, and he's not a kid anymore. I keep saying the kid, but he, he's certainly growing up and he's still a, a younger player. And I think, I don't think that this is a, should be used either against him in terms of the fact that he wasn't dominating out there in the way that you would expect against this type of opponent. Right. All right. Well, onward and upward to El Salvador. There you Hopefully go. You I appreciate three. it. All right. The rally mullet there for you. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Gracias. All right. Let's see. Who else wants to speak? Like I said, if you want to speak, you just hit that button. The little blue light shows up and let, lets me know that you do want to speak. We've got a bunch of people that are checking out this uh, this pod here, this live pod. How about Preston Wood? Let's see what Preston Wood has to say about uh, soccer, or life, or anything else. Hey, Preston, what's up? Alexi, how's it going, man? It's going well. Uh, happy Friday night. Hope you're doing well. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Ogden, Utah. Oh, what, what do you do out there? Uh, so actually, I sold orthopedic implants for eight years. So I've seen your surgery performed many times. Oh, my goodness. So yeah, glad, I saw it. Mine is, uh, titan- well. mine is titanium and cobalt, I am told. And it's uh, made and manufactured in... Uh, uh, someplace in New Jersey, it begins with an M, and I can't remember what it is. But anyway. Yeah, you probably have a striker um, 
partial knee replacement. So I, I worked for a company called Zimmer Biomet, which was in Indiana. So, okay. All right. Cool. Yep. Did you watch the game or uh, you want to talk about something else? Okay. Yeah. I watched the game. Um, where I'm calling in mostly because Taylor Booth made his debut tonight, uh, pride of Weber County where I'm there at. There you go. Yeah. So we are pumped about that. My boys, eight and six were absolutely ecstatic to watch him make his debut tonight. And, and realistically, I mean, I'm just pumped that, that we look like the, the dominant side tonight. Yeah. You know, our, our quality really shined through. Um, I, you know, I, I think everybody who, who we expected to play well played well. You know, Polisic showed his class. You know, all our, our Premier League players and European players showed their class. And, and really, the, to me, the best surprise was probably Zendaya off the bench. I don't yeah. know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, t- well, two things. I mean, you mentioned Booth. I mean, now Booth and Zendaya are both uh, cap-tied and, and are our own. And this gets into a much bigger conversation about this. You know, there's this sense of uh, relief. And I I think fairly, you know, I I think it's fair, a sense of accomplishment too, that, you know, we have wooed players to, to our side. And this is just another feather in, you know, not just the cap of the, uh, of the, uh, of the national team and the staff. And by the way, that includes Greg Berhalter, because this was a huge part of both him and Brian McBride and Henry Stewart. And, you know, you can say what you want about the, you know, the, the scores and stuff like that, but they have a pretty good track record in terms of that recruiting and wooing process. It is now part of the national team program. And it's not that we haven't had dual nationals in the pack, but past, but it's just kind of been ramped up. And then to see players come on and uh, first off, want to play for the U.S. and then come on and do good things. And then Zendejas, you know, while we saw him, you know, very, very quickly for him to come on, get his goal, probably should have had two because he missed that uh, point blank uh, shot there. But he, he's a really interesting player and he just adds to the mix and adds to the competition going forward. And, uh, you know, my question is this, though, when it's Zendejas or any, uh, anybody else, for a team like the U.S. where we we don't know who the coach is. You're going to make this decision. It's a big decision. Um, and you're going to make it without knowing ultimately who that coach is going to be. And what if, what if somebody comes in uh, and is, and is hired now that says, I don't believe in Zendejas or Booth at all. And that's it. It's done. It's done for them. Now they might've looked at the situation and said, well, this is my only course anyway. And so this is the best shot that I have. So I'll take, uh, I'll take my chances, but it's really going to be interesting uh, when it comes to when it comes to other players that do have other options out there, it, it, which which way they go. But you know, this one was good. And to your point, seeing new new blood, which I think is important as we go forward. Christian Pulisic, I don't know if you heard his interview earlier this week, but he talked about he was, he was almost kind of frustrated in the way that he was lamenting the fact that we haven't moved on and aren't kind of pushing towards twenty twenty six and all the other stuff that's uh, that's come about, but also how. We don't need a lot of new players to come uh, in. I mean, he, I think he really enjoys this group. Now, that's not to say that we don't need new players and we don't need fresh blood. And I think when you see some of these players coming in, it's good because it's going to push the players that exist. And who knows? You never know. Some players just develop at different, uh, at different, uh, at different speeds. And there's a whole other generation. Now, we talk so much about this generation, but there's a whole other generation coming up that is playing in the youth systems uh, and, the, and the younger teams that are going to push the existing players right now. So that 11 that we saw, whatever it, it, it was, in your view or my view, that 11 that we saw in Qatar might look very, very different than the 11, the starting 11 that we see if everybody's healthy come 2026. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. 
Yeah, I agree. And and just the depth that we're establishing, you know, yes. no matter who that squad is in 2026, I'm excited. I'm I'm already making plans to attend wherever we play. And and just it's it's really exciting to see the depth of talent and the attacking and and just uh, as well. I mean, those weren't our standard. That wasn't our standard defensive line tonight. And those guys, I thought, for the most part, played well. I mean, yeah, it's Granada and and they're not the most skilled squad that we're going to play. And and I assume that El Salvador, even though, again, they're not the most skilled squad, it's going to provide a, a better challenge. You know, and, and I just really like to see the development and the depth that we're establishing, whether it's the U-17 side or the U-20 side. You know, it's just really exciting to see the depth of talent where we can pull a squad together with players that have, have never played for us or, or, you know, at least in our senior national team haven't been capped. And, and I really feel like we're at a point now where, you know, that flywheel is really spinning and, and it's spinning in a direction where I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, I, I don't know what we're going to do in the future, but just seeing soccer take hold just really has me excited. And, and again, like watching a, a local here to, to our area, Taylor Booth make his debut is, mm-hmm. is really exciting. And, and I'm just, I'm just, I feel like to kick off our 2026 cycle, uh, this is what we needed. You know, we dominated a team that we should dominate and hopefully we do the same thing against El Salvador. So Anyways, Alexi, I appreciate you. I appreciate listening to your podcast. Thank you, Preston. Yeah. I really, well, I appreciate you calling in, number one. Number two, I mean, this this level and amount of positivity is wonderful to hear on a Friday night. And for those of us in the soccer wars and certainly in the social media soccer side when it comes to American <laughs> soccer, it's a breath of fresh air, my friend. I hope that you uh, retain it as we continue on because we are going to need it. And it's not Pollyanna. It's not, uh, you know, it's it's not being delusional or anything like that. But I think you looking at the glass half full and you looking at all of the positives, and I think the positives far outweigh the negatives, is something that all of us, including myself, sometimes don't do enough of. So thank you for reminding us, Preston, that there's a whole lot of good looking forward to 2026 on and off the field. And that you're a part of it, that we're all a part of it, I'm pretty excited about it. Yep. Thanks, Alexi. You got it. Good call there. Good call there for Preston. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Let's see here. Uh, let's go to, uh, uh, da, 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 da. Let's, let's move around the dial here. Lauren Phillips. Let's see what Lauren has to say. Uh, let's see on this Friday night. Lauren, Lauren, unmute yourself. There you go. Hey, Alexi. Happy Friday, my friend. To you too. To you too. Where are you calling from? Uh, Richmond, Virginia. Ooh, wonderful soccer area of the uh, continental United States. Yeah, I think it's a J Cup weekend, uh, Jefferson Cup weekend here within the next couple of weeks, which is always always good for tourism dollars here. In, there you in go, the Commonwealth. There you go. What do you want to talk about? Well, hey, you know, love a seven-one win against Granada. You always love seeing uh, <laughs> us going out and, and dominating, especially on the road. We know how Concacaf can be. Sure. I do. I would love to get your thoughts, especially on the defense. I mean, we 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 did what we needed to do in a seven-one win. Uh, I'm specifically curious about your thoughts on Brian Reynolds. I am. I have really high hopes, but I wasn't necessarily impressed by his performance tonight. Did was he necessarily the worst guy out there? Of course not. He did what he needed to do, and he put in a pretty solid ninety minutes. But uh, I'm just would love your overall thoughts on how we're going to solve that that back line. I, I still don't know if the guys we had out there tonight are it. Um, and I'm looking for guys like McKenzie and Reynolds to really step up. And I think I'm still, I think I'm still waiting to see yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I think you will continue to wait. And uh, I mean, it is a little bit unfair in the same way that, you know, I mentioned that Matt Turner, a, a goalkeeper, 
you know, these games are strange because you literally aren't doing anything. Now, I'm not saying right. that this back line wasn't doing anything, but the amount of possession that they had, the amount of, uh, for lack of a better phrase, downtime they have as center backs, it can it can mess with you because you can you can do things that you normally wouldn't do. And and so, you know, Reynolds, just in, in the natural course of events, is a player, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but from my side, the way I looked at, look at him is not only is he a good defender, but he also has the ability to go forward. And so you're looking at a game tonight where he didn't really have a whole lot of defensive responsibility, and yet there was so much possession and so many open players that he, he, going forward and becoming a part, there was a couple of times where Christian Pulisic cut in from the left-hand side and found him on a little bit of overlapping, but it wasn't the consistent type of outside right backish type of thing that you, that you could have seen or that may have been available in this game. So I, I want to be fair to him and I'm certainly not giving up on him or anybody here too. I was a little disappointed that, um, you know, that we didn't see uh, the return of miles Robinson. Right. I think that, you know, this is a, this is a guy that had, he, you know, not had that horrible injury would have absolutely started for the team and bring something very, very different to this team. And he will be there. And this isn't necessarily the game, but you kind of want to see him back in that uh, in that red, white, uh, red, white and blue. But what what type of right back, especially compared to his competition? So if it's, um, you know, if it's a Serginho Dest and, you know, there's only they broke the mold on that dude, but <laughs> others, I think, can compete. So how do you see Reynolds making that position possibly his own going forward? I, you know, I, I think I'm looking to see a dominant performance like we saw out of Scally tonight. Okay. I really thought Scally was a game changer out there. And maybe that was because of Pulisic's dominance, you know, mm -hmm. going up the field. I think, but that is one person that I thought that shined tonight. I thought um, Scally overlapping and getting up front really overwhelmed Granada. And again, Nothing against Granada, not trying to say, but it's a different level than when we're going to see Mexico here in April. Absolutely. So yep. I, I think that's more what I'm looking for against a team like Granada. Again, we did our job. No, all positivity, no negativity here, especially with a 7-1 win. But at the same time, I did think a guy like Joe Scally, who I don't think got the time at the World Cup that he necessarily deserved, um, or I think the lack of playing time was a little shocking to me, mm -hmm. but... I think that forward overlapping runs, you know, pressing, pressing the other back line and giving those guys like a Pulisic space to cut inside or continue to carry it up front is, is something I would love to see out of a Reynolds or whoever that right back uh, ends up being. Okay. But in general, uh, you know, we talked to our last caller and, and there was a positivity. Are you bullish and excited about the future, whether it involves Reynolds or not, uh, about this team going forward into 2026? I think I have to be. Um, I well, you don't have to be. You're a you know you're, you're a young man. You have uh, you know <laughs> your charge of your, your your destiny. I don't have to tell you what to do. You can you can no. be you can be completely negative and say you know all is lost. What was me? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I I understand what you're saying, but I, I I think we have the right pieces there, and I think I think definitely, and and not to kind of delve into the realm of what's going on with the hiring because mm -hmm. uh, that's that's a whole nother beast of itself, but. I think regardless of who the coach is, who ends up being the general manager, we have the talent there and we're starting to see a depth of talent and a level of competition that we've never seen before. I mean, how many times have we seen a, a, a booth, a guy like booth who just comes on hot and is looking, being looked at by different European clubs 
you know, we've never had that. And he's not necessarily a starter. We've got Zendejas who's coming on and is coming on hot. And before, you know, two cycles ago, we had Clint Dempsey, Landon Donovan, a handful of guys that were playing in, in Premier Leagues and the European Leagues. But I think for 2026, I'm, I'm not bullish, but I am very confident in our abilities to continue to build on what we have because we have depth that we have never had before. Well, I'll take that. I, I'll, I'll work you up to bullish as we continue on, but I'll take that as a, as a positive uh, view of the future, my friend. All right. Uh, thank you for calling. Appreciate I appreciate it, it Lauren. See you. Thanks, Lexi. All right. I mean, we're uh, we're knee deep in uh, in dual nationals and talking about all that. Obviously, it, you know, wait, it, lurking in the background is uh, uh, Fuller and uh, Balagon, um, who uh, made his trip over to kind of get the lay of the land. Uh, and for those who don't know, he's the 21 year old playing over there uh, for you know, my good friend David Mossy pronounces it much better than I do, but. Uh, <laughs> over uh over in Liga and just tearing it up as a number nine position and you know who knows maybe he decides that the u.s is what he wants to do now uh, you know the then the question comes up do you do you do you care do you care that it's much more in a mercenary uh capacity nobody's questioning um you know the uh the americanness for lack of a better word because you know, everybody has the passport and you know, I think that there's a recognition that this is a team already full of dual nationals and the dual national phenomenon, if you will, goes even back to my time and before hell. I mean, I could have played for Greece or for, uh, or for the U.S. But I do think that international soccer is such a unique and, and I think beautiful and yes, romantic and, and therefore very different type of, um, type of entertainment and there is something special about it and the recognition and the connection. And I don't know how many you saw, you know, for example, the other day uh, when Messi and Argentina played their first game back after winning the World Cup and the, you know, the national pride of this team and Argentina and what it means and where these players are from and all, and all that. And so it's easy to just say, well, it, it just doesn't matter. And it's just, you know, we're in a different time and all that. But I think it does have to matter. And, and it, whether you've never even set foot in the U.S. and don't know any English and don't know anything about the U.S., but you have an American passport or you were born and raised, at some point, you have to feel something when you walk on the field, I think. And, you know, you put your hand over your heart, you, you wear that shirt, you, you sing that song. It has to move you, I believe. Otherwise, you are just a mercenary. And I don't you know, believe that anybody out there right now uh, on this team is like that. And I don't, I don't want that to change. And yes, I want to win, but I don't want to, I don't want to win so much that it's at the expense of having players that feel something when they walk out there on the field. And it, at, at, at that point, and it's no longer international soccer to me, and it's no longer representing, in, our, in my case, the US, what I feel is the greatest country in the world. And, you know, that, that always has to be part of the equation, even in this day and age of of recruiting trips and, like I said, the wooing process and you know the the high stakes, and we've come out on a good side for a number of uh, these wonderfully talented players, and that's good. And I hope they see something. I hope they see something on the soccer field in terms of the opportunity and the experience 
and whether it's the coaching staff or the players out there. And I hope they see something off the field in terms of representing the U.S. and the pride that they feel when they walk out there. So that's going to be fun going forward. And ultimately, we want to have the strongest possible team come 2026. And 2026 is, is, is going to come fast. And we better be ready. We better be ready on and off the field. And that gets back to the fact that this is still a team that doesn't have a, a head coach and probably isn't going to have a co- head coach until the, this summer if uh, the Federation is to be believed in terms of the way that they are uh, framing this. I don't know if that's a, a good or bad thing, but I kind of want get, to get the show on the road here and figure out who it is and just, just name somebody. And this person, he or she, whoever's leading us, Let's uh, let's our, attach ourselves to this horse and uh, and off we go to the races. All right, some other people want to have some uh, some time here and some questions here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Going around the uh, thing here. You know, if you use your name, it's a whole lot easier. Brian, for example, Brian used his name. So let's see what Brian has to say. Unmute yourself, Brian, and speak now. You're on the State of the Union pod. Hi, how you doing, Alexi? I'm good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Callis, Maine, which is on the Canadian border. Get out of here. You're way up there. My goodness. Way up there. Oh my goodness. I've I've been to let's I've been to Bangor and I've been to Penobscot and a bunch of different places over there in Maine. Beautiful, beautiful country. Beautiful country. Yeah, I'm all, I'm about a hundred miles from Bangor. Okay. So. All right. You're way up yeah. there. Well, what do you want to talk about? Um so loved how the team played tonight. Okay. Um Raina was kind of lackluster for me. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't disappoint, but didn't didn't impress. Didn't either. shine. Yeah, didn't shine. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Dortmund fan. Um, lived over in Germany. Been to uh, Signal and Duna Stadium. Um, so I follow Dortmund very, very closely. You're gonna hang on and win the and league. You're gonna hang on and win the league. I'm hoping, especially with the coaching change over at Bayern. Hey, they don't mess I'm, around over I'm there hoping. at Bayern, my friend. They they do they, not suffer they fools. Don't. They are they're gonna go all guns blazing to write this. They before, are before the end. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun rundown. So I I I'm glad that uh, your team is in it and it finally makes for something interesting when it comes to the Bundesliga. Ex- exactly. Ten years in a row for Bayern needs to end for me. There you go. Um. Now with Nagelsmann free, does he become an option? He's 34. He's young. He's bright. Yeah. Uh, he wins everywhere he goes. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, we've had, you know, again, we've, we, we've obviously had a German head coach uh, and <laughs> pretty, pretty prominent one when it comes to Jurgen. And, you know, there's people that argue on both sides about what he did, how much he did, all, all that kind of stuff. But yes, I would certainly think that a call would be lobbed in. The problem right now <laughs> is who's making that call? Right. Who's, exactly. who's ultimately saying, hey, we should do that. And I know the Soccer Federation is using Sportsology, this consulting group on the outside to fill that yep. spot. But that's the spot that then is going to pick the coach. And so until that's filled, I don't know what's going on. But I, I think that Nagelsmann, if he wants, can have a job very, very quickly. But we'll see, you know, because I, I don't think that the, the bloom is off the rose or anything. No, exactly. Um, and it's talking about Klinsman too he did a lot for the youth programs here um on in the u.s soccer uh coaching stuff Mm -hmm. and uh what he brought knowledge wise into youth development is it's only getting better and the way things have gone over the last few years the youth development program in the country has excelled quite a bit 
Yeah, I think it was a, think a combination of a lot of on things. The field now. It, absolutely. And it, yeah. it's a combination of a lot of things. And look, I, you know, Jurgen and I saw things differently in, in different uh, in different ways. And that's just going to happen with uh, with humans. Right. Um, but some of the stuff that he did and this is gets into the question of whether he had had he been put in a position where he was much more big picture and long term. Maybe that's where he would ex- have excelled more. But the seeds that were planted Certainly during his time and even before then, you look at, you know, what Tab Ramos was doing and others were uh, were doing, many men and women that you don't even know their their names. Those seeds were planted long ago. And it's interesting. And, and the irony is that at a moment of our our darkest, I, I guess our darkest time, not qualifying for the 2018 uh, World Cup, those seeds were, were already planted and were growing. And now we're starting to see some of the... Uh, uh, some of them come to fruition. And this goes back to, you know, I think we were talking about it with a previous caller about the amount of depth that we have. And depth is good for a number of different reasons, because not everybody's healthy all the time. But also, more importantly, it's more competition. And the more competition we have, the better off it's going to push players to be, whether it's during their club's uh, situation, the competition they get, or then when we get to the national team, where they're not just walking in and starting every single time, that there are multiple players that are saying, no, I want that. And the player that has the position saying, well, you're going to have to pry it from my cold, dead hands uh, and going forward. And that comes with a lot of work and a lot of belief. And the other part of it is, is, you know, MLS and all of the uh, the youth systems that have been uh, uh, structured around MLS and all of that coming through. I mean, as I said before, there's plenty of MLS all over this team, even no, even though none of the players tonight in the starting 11 actually play uh, play in MLS. And that was not the case not that long ago. So yes. And this is, again, this is me just painting a rosy picture. There are plenty of good and bad things out there when it comes to soccer, both on and off the field. But sometimes we like to kick ourselves in the ass for what we haven't done and how bad we are and the problems that we have. And every once in a while, I think it's just good to remind, remind us to, you know, also a pat on the back every once in a while for how far we have come in a relatively short period of time when you put it up against other countries, other cultures, other leagues, other teams, all of that, all that kind of stuff. We still have a long way to go and we certainly don't rest on the, on the laurels and we still have weaknesses and challenges going forward, but we are night and day. I mean, if, if I think back to what, what the remember, landscape looked I remember like. watching you play in 94. Oh my goodness. Well, it was a very, very I different remember. time. <laughs> it was. And then I, I met you outside of the old Foxborough stadium. Oh my goodness. Uh, for MLS, uh, the the first year I met you, Kobe Jones, and you know the Revs in the LA Galaxy, and then I think I watched you win in an LA Galaxy uniform in '03. Yeah, uh, at, at Gillette, I, I came back uh, with the yep. Galaxy. I was with the Galaxy, and ended up being the, the the 2002 MLS Cup, I think it was. Yep the the uh, the 119th minute breakaway goal. Oh my goodness! Yes, I I, I remind Taylor Twelman about it as often as I possibly can. <laughs> uh, yes, that was a that was a that was a good day. Uh, that was a sense of relief for me because I was right at the end <laughs> of my career, and I was like, just just let me win this MLS Cup. Give me this exactly, ring, and I'll be exactly. and I'll be good. And uh, and I did, and it was a, it was a really cool moment, to, you know, to come back to where I'd started when it, when it came uh, to MLS. All right, my friend, listen, go back there. I want you to stay warm uh, and dry and all that kind of stuff, and hopefully I will see you again at some point, either in New England or out there on the road. Thank you very much. All right, see you, Brad. Good call, good call. Let's see what Fletch has to say. 
I haven't talked to Fletch in a while. Fletch! Hello, thank you. How are you? I'm good. And you? Well, first, I'm doing great. First of all, for everybody who loved the game tonight, you're welcome. That was the FC Dallas Academy in the full show tonight. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of FC Dallas splashed all over there, right? Right yeah, from the so get-go. It was amazing. So I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Okay. Um, I only have two questions. One's about the, the game tonight, and okay. second's about the greatest lead in the world, which is NLS. Okay. Um, the, fir the first question is, um, I have, um, I, I've kind of not been around lately just because of work and everything. Mm -hmm. How did you like the uh, selection of the group that came in tonight? Mm -hmm. And also, the second question is, how do you like the Apple TV distribution deal for MLS? And I'll hand up and listen. Cool. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, Fletch. Uh, stay safe. All right, my friend. There we go. Good call. Good, call, good questions. I mean... The, the 11 was good. Um, you know, there were, I think it was a good blend of old and new. And, but again, it's, it's so difficult to assess. And I don't need to necessarily assess Christian Pulisic. So that he was the best player on the field, that's great. And that makes me feel good that he can dominate a game. But he's dominating a game that he is supposed to dominate. And then the problem is, is a lot of the new types of players were in the back. And, and against a team that has very little of the ball and is going to ask very little questions of you, it's very difficult to assess. And, and again, this, isn't, this doesn't change the 11 that you, put, uh, that you put out there, but I thought this was a good, solid 11. I'm glad that Pepe scored. You know, I think he's been through a really interesting process going forward. And ultimately, for a guy up top, I mean, this is the game that you salivate for. I, I've, I've known plenty of goal scorers out there, and they are incredibly greedy and, and in a good way. And so they, they want to score at all costs at any time. They don't give a crap about the opposition. As a matter of fact, if they recognize that they are going to be playing a game where they are going to, um, you know, be feasting upon opportunities, they're licking their chops because they want to, you know, padding isn't a good word, uh, word, but the reality is the more, the better when it comes to, when it comes to goal scores, um, when it comes to the Apple deal, Couple of things. Um, number one, I, I understand what they are doing. Uh, I understand the strategy behind it. But you know, MLS, as we know, is not the NFL. <laughs> Just by, by any stretch of the imagination, I think we all understand that. So the question is, and therefore the risk is, when it comes to MLS, is this out of sight, out of mind? Going behind this this paywall and you know not being readily available to people just tuning into for lack of a better word, traditional television uh, on a consistent basis. Is that a problem? Is it a problem regionally? Because a lot of these MLS teams are now becoming much more regional, much more tribal, and the association isn't necessarily with MLS. It's with their local team. And does this cater uh, to them? I, I've talked to plenty of people who have said, it's all fine and well, all the money that Apple has, and they have plenty of money, and they're certainly paying plenty of money, but I have not heard about MLS in the way that I have in previous in previous years. And so what MLS has a problem with isn't that there are isn't that there aren't soccer fans out there in the United States. It's that there's not enough MLS fans. And so this tent that you are trying to get as make as big as possible and as alluring and accepting um, as possible, now that tent is all under Apple. 
And so I think that's where the real question is going to be. We're not going to know numbers because it's not Nielsen or, you know, so who knows? And then there's subscriptions and all, all that kind of stuff. I don't know ultimately how this, how this makes MLS more popular, how this gets more MLS fans. If the NFL tomorrow decided to just go with Apple, everybody would migrate over. That's the power of the NFL. But obviously MLS doesn't have this. And I think to a certain extent they're being used as a guinea pig and you know, they've, they've accepted that and actually raised their hand and said, yes, use us absolutely for maybe bigger and better things that Apple wants to do. And the good thing is that I think it behooves Apple to, to put their might and heft behind it. And I hope that it goes, uh, you know, hope that it goes well. I will say this though. Um, and I, and I tweeted this out the other day after the games happen on a Saturday, and for those that don't know, for the most part, they happen all at the same time and in a very short, confined moment on Saturday, and they're all scheduled on Saturday, then I'm left with this barren wasteland of domestic soccer when it comes to Major League Soccer. And that's weird because I am a, a consumer of this, this league as opposed to individual teams. And I know that makes me different, like I said, and in a minority, but I want to watch an MLS game. I will watch it like comfort food. I want an MLS game. And so come Saturday night, they're all done. And I, there's no way I can watch them all at the same time. And you know, they have the whip around show, which is all fine and well, but I'm, I'm left wanting more on Sunday and there is no more for, for me to, you know, that I'm not, I'm not fulfilled ultimately at the end of the weekend. And so that's, you know, that's just me. That's me venting my personal frustration with something like that. And it's even in the greater scheme of things, it's not that it's not that big a deal because what I'm saying is <laughs> I want more MLS and I want to be able to see more uh, MLS games, especially when people say, well, why don't you watch the other leagues around the world? Well, I do. But let's be honest, those things are done. I'm over here on the uh, on the West Coast. Those things are done in the morning and then I'm left with a whole other day. And yes, I watch uh, League MX and that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, maybe I'll watch more USL. Uh, maybe I'll watch more NWSL. Maybe I'll watch more other things now that I don't have that MLS happening on a consistent basis on multiple days through the week and uh, and on the weekend going forward. Uh, good call. Uh, let's see. We got we got a couple more questions here before we uh, sign out, and I'll let you guys get off to your Friday evening. Let's see here. Who should we talk to? Boom, 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 boom. Let's uh, finish it up here. Heart. Weaver nine. Oh my God. I don't even know. What does this say? Here we go. He's a soccer coach. He's a men's soccer coach. He or she, I don't know, but let's see what, uh, heart Weaver nine. Yes. No. Are you there? Unmute yourself. Heart Weaver nine. Yeah, I'm here. There we go. You're here. Where are you? What's first off? What's your name? Uh, hearts. His first name. Heart is your first name. Where are you calling from heart? Maryland, Western Maryland. And you are a coach. I am. Yeah. I'm a high school coach. Okay. So high school. All right. Awesome. Are you in season or out season? What, what are we looking we at? We are out of season. We're okay. fall. Got it. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, I guess my question through the whole thing, well, first of all, if you're not alone, MLS is comfort food and okay. I, I held comfort <laughs> to soccer Sunday. I right? loved it. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, with the, with the, upbringing and uprising of a lot of new dual citizen strikers what's your opinion on players like jordan morris are they are there is their time to shine kind of running out with the national league national yeah, I mean, yeah i mean i think jordan morris just in general his time with the national team has 
I mean, I don't want to say past because I think that, you know, he's he started off the season well and he's playing well. And obviously he has a long history, but I think he's much more in the in or heading in the in the direction of a Jassy Zardes type of thing where you've just you've moved on and there are others. And it doesn't mean it's not relative to him playing in MLS or anything like that. There's just others that are that are coming coming about. And that's a you know, that's a good thing. So, um, you know, Jordan Morris, I I. I wonder, um, I think we're always going to wonder, had those injuries not happened, what was the limit? Had he gotten an opportunity where it all kind of worked out and there was a better option, and I know he went very quickly uh, and obviously got injured uh, when he even went on loan, but had a, a better option come about and he had gone overseas, what he would be. So there, were, there will be some what ifs, but I still think he's going to ultimately go down as one of the great players when it comes to Seattle. And, you know, not a great player, but, you know, a good player at times for the national team. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, as somebody who watched him, you know, get his debut goal in 2014, it's just like, you know, you see him, those injuries, it's that what ifs of, man, how he could have been, you know, the the face for years, you know, much like Pulisic and... I was there. I called even some I of the other ones. I remember, coming up, I remember you know? that goal down in, where was it, San Antonio or wherever it was down there? And uh, oh, it was incredible. It was incredible. It's an, it's an incredible. Yeah, incredible. absolutely. And by the way, uh, you know, Jurgen Klinsmann identified him and brought him in even when he was, uh, you know, in college and doing all, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, at a, at a young age, people recognize that this kid was special. And look, he, you know, he, you know, he, he marches to the beat of his own drummer, right? And he decided to go a, yeah. a, a pathway less traveled and one that, you know, was made him ripe for criticism, staying mostly in, uh, in U.S., uh, uh, in the United States, and obviously staying in, uh, in Major League Soccer. So what else you got, my friend? Just one sure. more question. I mean, what's your opinion on the, on the manager situation? Do you think we need to break away from the domestic coach and maybe look for something else? Or do you think we need to stay... Yeah. You know, Look, I mean, this is going to continue to be, and rightfully so, a big topic of discussion. And I, I vacillate. I, 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 you know, one day I'll wake up and I'll think this is what we need to do. And then the next day it's this way. And, you know, I, I've come to the, to the realization and, you know, you might have listened to other uh, pods or, or seen clips out there where I talk about, you know, uh, Greg Berhalter and, you know, some different people and Greg Berhalter and, uh, guys like, uh, you know, Jesse Marsh and guys like Jim Curtin. I think that there are some wonderful domestic options that I would have absolutely no problem uh, if the Federation decided to go in that direction, including, by the way, Greg Berhalter. Um, uh-huh. but, I, but I think there's also going to be a real, you know, opportunity for some others. Because I, I do think while, you know, all the drama and all that kind of stuff, I don't think that that makes it more difficult to hire uh quote unquote, bigger names. Now, it might be prohibitive in terms of the amount of money that they want. I mean, you're talking to some of these guys yeah. that are making $10 million a year. And I think that that would probably be from a fiscal responsibility, not not responsible and might put them out of the league. Whether you even want to hire them or not. But I don't think a, I mean, look, we just saw a coach with very little experience whose big selling point was being friends and being handpicked by the star on the team win a world cup. Okay. And I'm not saying that we have Messi, and I'm not saying that the United States is, is Argentina, but I do think that for example, if, if they named Jim Curtin, even with limited experience, uh, what he, what he has done, that he would be wonderful. Uh, I love the, I love I love his personality guy like 
Luis Enrique. I love, you know, just this love of life that he has that will be kind of, uh, that will be kind of interesting going forward. I'll, I'll finish it with this, you know, and as I mentioned today, um, or, uh, and this past week when I was talking about it, I gave you my, you know, my top five and, you know, I did have Greg Burhalter there and I am of the opinion, and I know people have heard this before, but I'm of the opinion that, a coach should not have multiple cycles. I think it just gets stale. Now, we are in an age right now where that is being challenged uh, because that's been a kind of a traditional way of going. And when you look at the DD Deschamps and when you look at the Gareth Southgates and Mancini's and, you know, te- teams that are just continuing on. And we ser- certainly saw that at times with, uh, uh, times with Germany. But, it, but so that's, there's that part where, you know, the, the way national team coaches are continued on is now getting to be much more, much more normal. Um, I also, and this is what this gets into a weird thing where I don't, I think that Greg Berhalter was wronged. I'm not, I'm not excusing anything that Greg Berhalter did nor, and I think he has taken public and private responsibility for the things that he did, but they pale in comparison to what was done to him. And Ultimately, if they believed that Greg Berhalter, I'm talking about the Federation and those in charge, believed that Greg Berhalter was the right man for the job uh, before all the shit hit the fan, then they should just give it to him and continue on. I don't want what happened to deny him that opportunity going forward. So much so that I'm willing to say, even though I don't think you should do multiple cycles, that he should continue, uh, that he should continue, continue on because I don't want that to win. And I know there's a principle about that, but I do believe that it is something more that coaching the national team is an honor, is a risk, is a responsibility. And if he is the best person and they believe that, because I get the feeling, I don't know about you, but I get the feeling that had they just named Greg Berhalter and continued on, I don't think that the players would have batted an eyelid. I think they would have just said, yeah, you know, he did well. And, you know, maybe we could have done better here, but this is a continuation of the process. And so, so I don't think it would have been that big a deal. Now, I might have yelled because I don't think he should get multiple cycles and others might have yelled because they just don't think he's a good, a good coach. But I don't get the feeling that the players other than, you know, certain ones uh, out there for obvious reasons would have really been that, uh, that upset. And we just said, yeah, this sounds, sounds logical. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree. All right, my friend. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, we always got to be mad at something, yeah, right? Well, this is, this is what we do. And look, <laughs> you can agree. Uh, you can disagree with me and uh, we, we can, uh, we can do that. There's a lot of people that do. And a lot of people think, Hey, we really need to move on and we really need to go in a different direction. That's, that's totally cool. And if we do that, I think there will be lots of options. I, you know, I kind of subscribe to what Christian Pulisic said and Look, it's not like Christian Pulisic gives riveting interviews and is incredibly articulate. I think he's really kind of shy and uncomfortable in those settings. But this week when he said, I just kind of want to get on with it and get towards 2026, it it spoke to me because I'm so sick of all this crap. And we have such a wonderful shining beacon of light that is staring us in the face and we need to harness it. And we need to use it for the opportunity that it is. And God forbid we waste even a moment of what is going to be a seminal, seminal moment in soccer. And I can think back to 94 where my life changed. This is going to blow that out of the water in terms of the opportunities on and off the field. But you got to be prepared. And you have to be doing things now that are going to enable you to maximize it on and off the field come 2026. And I think to Christian's point, we're wasting time by 
all this stuff that was un, uh, ultimately needless and never, 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 ever should have been a part of the uh, the discussion and the narrative. All right, my friend, I appreciate it. Heart. Hey, um, good luck. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Team too. All right. And thanks. And, and, and thanks Thank for you. Appreciate it. high school soccer. I know it, it gets uh, it gets a bad rap at times, but it's really, really important. And I think it provides incredible opportunities on the field from a soccer perspective, but even more so off the uh, soccer field for the young men and women uh, that are able to go through it. I know not everybody is able to have it uh, and have a quality program, but those that do, it provides incredible opportunities. Absolutely. I appreciate right, you having me on. All right, let's see here. All right, let's finish up with uh, Agent to the Stars. How about that? Richard Motzkin evidently wants to speak. Uh, for those that don't know, he is uh, yeah, one of those mucky mucks over there at uh, the Wasserman Group, which is a huge, huge um, agency, and they do so many different things out there. And they, they represent the best and the biggest, which is why uh, Richard Motzkin is involved over there. Let's see if he wants to actually entertaining yeah, so much. No. how you doing good 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 enjoyed the pod uh oh, interesting you. game to watch and i look like you were looking for somebody to sort of help end this thing so i yeah. was just gonna end it with a quick you know question which is give us your prediction for monday night's game against el salvador oh, i think we win and i think we win by multiple goals all right and how many of the guys that started tonight do you think will start in the game on monday or i did think you already talk about that no i didn't i didn't uh okay oof um, let's see. I think that McKenney, I think Pulisic, I think, oh, I think Aronson, I think, uh, I think Pepe, um, I think De La Torre, because Moose is, Moose is going to come in. The question is whether De La Torre plays instead of Reina in that threesome in the midfield, because I think Moose is going to come in and start there. So I don't know, that five or six right there. I think Turner continues on. Yeah. All right. I don't know. You going to give us a score? Uh, let's see. Um, I think it ends up, uh, I mean, keep in mind, this El Salvador team, they were really impressive under Hugo Perez, and I think he's got them headed in the right direction. And by the way, the fact that the U.S., Mexico, and Canada are already qualified, it's, it's a real opportunity for uh, El Salvador to qualify for 2026, and I hope that they, uh, hope that they do. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the U.S. beats them 3-0. All right, there we go. Well, have a great weekend. All right, my friend. See ya. Riveting stuff there from uh, Richard Motzkin over there. By the way, when I say that he represents the biggest and the best, he also represents me. So, you know, that they, there's, uh, you know, lawyers out there. They do that pro bono work and, you know, they take pity on, on those. Well, that's what he does when it comes, uh, when it comes to me. All right, listen, I think, uh, I think we've had enough here uh, tonight. I really appreciate you tuning in uh, and, uh, you know, reacting to this game. I think everybody comes at it from a, a pretty level-headed perspective in terms of recognizing that, look, it's fun to win. It's fun to see this team score goals. It's fun to see new faces and that type of competition that it breeds. Uh, but ultimately, there are much, much uh, more difficult games, uh, uh, difficult games ahead. But, you know, you only play what's in front of you. It's not the U.S.'s fault that there is this incredible disparity when it comes to CONCACAF. And we're used to it. We're used to playing on bad fields. We're used to playing on inferior, uh, playing against inferior opposition. And you have to physically and mentally get yourself up. This team was obviously well prepared and ready to go, scored early and kept going. And some of the big stars 
didn't uh, use it as a uh, opportunity to just kind of sit the sit this one out either physically or mentally. And you need to look no, no further than someone like Christian Pulisic, who dominated throughout uh, the entire game and certainly from his first touch. And that is fun to see. I hope everybody stays healthy against El Salvador. I hope we get the win and we qualify and continue on when it comes to uh, uh, comes to Nations League. I hope you are doing all well out there. And I hope uh, we take uh, to heart uh, what our friend there was talking about when it came to being positive uh, about the future. It doesn't mean we can't uh, critique and criticize, and it doesn't mean at times we can't scream and yell, and, it, and yeah, it doesn't mean at times we can't be negative, but there's a whole lot of good uh, out there when it comes to American soccer and the men and women that are working uh, on the field, whether it's players, coaches, and staffs uh, out there or off the field in terms of the administrators or just the supporters and the people out there that just love the game. And it gets bigger and bigger each and every uh, each and every year. And as we lead up in 2026, like I said, it's going to be fun. All right, we'll do another one of these after the, uh, the game against El Salvador. Um, so until then, and as always, my friend, this has been the State of the Union pod, a special live post-game edition. So until the next one, size the day.